Tomasi was putting on the Jets. Splitting defenders right here, still on it, pushes it out wide. badly today but five minutes of madness you know and um, I don't think there's been any difference between the two teams with an own goal and then the third one you know Boxy's let the guy just run off him and Eddie in the middle of the goal the second one we've actually got the goal we've had the kickoff and once again we you know this football snobbery of it's too much to play it forward we'll keep the ball and keep possession but we don't mind Dane doing it it's something we spoke about in the past and um, obviously hugely disappointing to come off 3-0 because I don't think that we've played badly today. We've probably played better today than we did against Houston. If I look at the full 90 minutes, I thought first half was good, restricted them to one opportunity and looked dangerous on the break. You know, just a little bit of quality with the final ball, but I was well, relatively pleased at half-time. And obviously, after that, you know, was it three and three minutes or something? I don't know. And after that, again, there's nothing in the game. But obviously, you don't win too many games when you concede three. You don't, you don't win too many games when you concede three goals. The wisdom of Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United FC. Welcome, everybody, tonight to Big D After Dark. Happy Labor Day to you. Hope you had a restful day. I hope you're enjoying the milk in the final hours before you may have to go back to work and study and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, uh, I'm your host here, Nathan J. Hill. You can follow me there on Twitter. Um, next to me is our is our buddy, uh, I always get it wrong, uh, uh, Tommy LaBeouf at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Below me, Jose Carmona at El, Ch El Chico Carmona. What's up, everybody? And uh, our buddy Ishmael Belcora at Belcora Ishma on Twitter. Yeah, we have we have a lot to talk about. You know, we, we last week we we were a little uh, perplexed with the one one draw at home. FC Dallas dropped points at home, but then they they went up to Minnesota United and took care of business. A three to nothing uh, beat down. Beautiful result. A lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and and good timing as FC Dallas needs every point it can get as the playoff. Uh, as the playoffs continue to draw close. So we're going to get into it, and as well as Edrian Heath. We don't have any post-game commentary from Nico. I'm not sure why, but uh, I was able to grab that clip from Adrian Heath, and I thought that was clever. And a little bit of a Houston dig in there, too, I think. Um, so, you know, uh, anyway, they, they played better against FC Dallas than they did against Houston, but they lost 3 nothing. So I don't know. I don't know how that... <laughs> And meanwhile, Houston fired their head coach today. So we may get to that in a little bit, too. But let's just get to our post-game reactions, our reactions from a 3-0 away victory. Ishmael, we'll start with you tonight. 
what did you see? Uh, I saw the perfect road performance, right? So we've been talking about how this year on the road, we've been better than we've been in the last couple of years, mainly because of how stringent the team is defensively. Uh, and those games that we've won, we've just taken our chances, not made a lot of mistakes in the back. It was the same thing here. Granted, it was a couple minutes of pure joy. I think the best five minutes from this season. Uh, I don't think that's really arguable, honestly. And I don't know. It, it just clicked for for like five, ten minute uh, time period in the game. It wasn't like we were being like like Minnesota was dominating, like Adrian Heath kept insinuating. Um, I do think we were on the on the front foot. The only real chance they had in this entire game was that early chance by Reynoso. That was quite literally it. We we were on the front foot. We we're just not clicking in the final third. A common issue with this team uh, during the season, and then it clicked. It was amazing. It was pure bliss. Mm. It, it felt like it was a little bit of like pent up, you know, just this team wanting to 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 unleash the attack. And let's make a note too that like Matt Hedges was injured, and Tafari came in and played. A really solid game as well on that back line. Jose, what were your thoughts about the match? Well, my thoughts was it was nice to see the team finally uh, find a weakness in a team and exploit it promptly before they could uh, do anything about it. You saw the three-goal succession there. That's I think that's what we've all been wanting to see. You know, seeing the team basically score a goal and 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 then sit back and defend the rest of the night is what we're used to when we're saying hey. Hey, you, you know, you're up, pour it on, bring, put on another goal, put this game out of way. And it was, I mean, just stunning to see them do it on the road and, and very satisfying, mind you. Uh, you know, it's you, we went from being worried to five minutes later, we're all like, wow, what, what, what did we just witness? And, and, and that's great, you know. Also, uh, Tafari, um, huge important game for him i mean we we're talking about a player who who played over 20 matches last year and and has mostly been coming off the bench this is a very important start for him replacing uh the most important player on our, on our back line you know so so it was a big deal to see him come out there and 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 help the team uh get a clean sheet and that's just a massive performance for for a player who i mean let's face it Martinez is uh, getting a little tongue long in, in, in the teeth and uh, in the tooth, and uh, Tafari is a player that if 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 you want to move on from from Martinez in the future, is the guy that you want to see make that step and show that hey, I can perform in big games on the road. So, a huge game for not just the team but for a player like Tafari. I'm very happy with his performance. Definitely the best performance uh, of the season for this team. Uh, in, in a statement win, honestly, a six-point match. And a big game from Tumasi, too, there. Just uh, really crucial helping make that first goal happen. Tommy, what were you, What was your reaction uh, to this well, match? All year. What, what, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, all year, what has Nico been saying? Uh, you know, whenever we, we have a game where we tied and – or we lost 1-0. What did, what did he say? He, his, his exact words were, 
you know, we had three chances, and if we would have scored the goals, it would have been we'd have put the game away. We'd have, we'd have went up three to zero. We would have went up two to one or whatever, and it, and the game would have been over. Remember Houston, where Jesus had to keep her one on one, didn't do it. Well, this time they did it. I mean, they did it on the road, and you know, we saw this team on the road before. Be you know, be the Galaxy. They beat Orlando. Uh, we know this team can win on the road, and it's just a matter of them, you know, finally getting a little, you know, good things happening. I mean, they've very, been very unlucky and, you know, just a lot of bad breaks. But this this time they scored the goals and got ahead. And um, it was great to see. And I think one thing I, I took note of, and I tweeted this on a little video on that second goal, uh, one thing that, you know, I thought about is when the last time you've seen uh, five players get technical passes and, and just beautiful, like, you know, it all starts with Sebastian Leggett in the middle of the field, checking his shoulder and seeing Velasco wide open. And then you have Paxton coming down on the side with the ball, and he sees Leggett, you know, a perfect pass, splitting the defenders. Leggett doesn't even look at Velasco, gives him a perfect pass, unlook, you know, no look pass kind of. And then, you know, then, then, then the other part is, is the, the touch from Velasco to take that ball and set it, like, right in for, for a perfect shot. And then to take the shot, not kill it in the stands like we've had in the past years, but to curve it, finesse it, and score on target and a goal. I mean, I don't, think the, I don't think I've ever seen five players so good with, the, you know, the technical touches and the passes in a score like that. And I applaud FC Dallas. I thought that was just wonderful. And, um I, I think that's, uh, you know, optimistic to see that we could probably make some damage in the playoffs if we can put this kind of game together, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, so good. And I think, uh, you know, we had, um, you know, we had plenty of moments where we questioned, you know, we've questioned a lot of players this season at moments of like, you know, is Edwin Cerrillo, is he just a roster piece or is he, a legit guy, right. and you know, you know, I think he still has a lot of room to grow. I think there's a lot of players on this squad that are going to have those growing pains, uh, but we're seeing the guys step up. Alan Velasco uh, is getting stronger at every game, getting a, a feel for how he can impact the game. But to see Edwin Cerrillo put some of the bad performances behind him, to see Tumasi put a little some shaky performances behind him, uh, you know, just e even Jose Martinez at least to, to put out a good shift. It's just, uh, you know, this team has promise. This team is showing that it can be a real contender in this league. Whether that all comes together or not, we'll wait and see. You know, we, there's plenty of soccer to be played. Uh, but it's exciting. And I, and I think for the first time this season, one of the question marks was, was what, what, who are our best three midfielders? Who are our starting midfielders? And I think these past few games, we're beginning to see that. Sebastian Leggett has been a great trade. The fact that New England is paying paying a salary is even is like icing on the cake, you know. Uh, but the dude has had you know f what four assists, five assists since he joined FC Dallas. Paxton. Five assists in six games, five assists in five starts, actually. Yeah, and then Paxton has has I think that's helped Paxton play more free, more disruptive, more what he wants to play if he's not having to to worry about some other aspects of the field. And, and Edwin then is able to, I think, to play a little bit more in his in a role in that defensive mid role, so he's able to focus and, and clean things up. So it, it's just interesting how, you know, a signing can impact a team and can just help give a little breathing room to other players. 
Now, was this performance perfect? You know, I think in that first half, I think Minnesota did have some chances, some breakaway chances uh, that could have really hurt FC Dallas. Uh, uh, so, you know, there's always things to improve for this team, but I, I, I just think this is a good <coughs> overall performance. I think that maybe the only person you could knock is, is Ariola, but Ariola had a nice chance early on in the first half, um, and, and he continues to work as hard as he can work, you know, out there. So, and, and I'm just so relieved to get Jesus going. I mean, I just, uh, I just think, uh, uh, you know, anytime he misses, like uh, he doesn't score, I, I just don't want him to get frustrated and start snatching at chances. Right. And, and so he, he can get a, a goal like he did. Um, it just, it's, it's, it's just, it's just great for FC Dallas as they prepare well, to face other yeah, teams. I'm- they go by Ferreira. One thing I noticed on that is that so it all started with uh, Velasco taking a, the right. similar shot that he scored on and hitting the, the post and bouncing off. As soon as it hit that post, watch Ferreira. He checks who's covering him and he immediately gets on the line ready for a header. It gets to the ball comes to Sebastian Legette. He looks up and first thing he does is see it. Ferreira and he fires the ball and Ferreira is like already in spot. And they kind of like we're all on the same page. And what a perfect pass to, right here. You can just see him right here. He's looking up, and he and it's just a perfect pass. And like I say, that goal wasn't started when the ball hit the post from Velasco, if you watch Ferreira. That was just excellent by by um, Jesus. And and that Velasco shot, it's it's almost becoming like a signature shot. I mean, I mean that's a shot that we're seeing repeatedly where, where he puts a move on a guy in, inside the box and then just makes that quick dart to the right and blasts it. And we've right. seen him do that repeatedly, mm-hmm. and and it's like I said, it's starting to become kind of like a signature shot for him. Exactly. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I think I think what's interesting um, is that, like we keep talking about, how this team is like finding its feet, but I I also think that the team has just been playing well with a couple of exceptions since like the end of July, like this team, I think has recognized the importance of just playing consistently. And there's been a couple of tough games. I think the Nashville game was just uh, out of occurrence and it does show the vulnerability we have once those 11 players start dropping, like it did with Jesus, not being able to play in that game. But these last like six, seven games, I just I think it showed that this this core team, eleven starters and maybe like two or three bench players, can make a run. I think I think that's complete like it's clear. We're two points away from that forty eight point mark that I kept harping on. And we still have four games left. And this team has been so consistent. More consistent than literally everyone else around them. Austin has been dropping points. LSC played good this weekend, but they've been dropping points. Mm. Minnesota had a great run; have lost two straight. Um, the the te- teams like the teams in the West that have picked up form and have been consistent have been Nashville and FC Dallas. Both teams have recognized that it's it's not really the start of the season that matters; it's this playoff run. And I think it's encouraging to see that as an FC Dallas fan because it's. I don't think it's not really- that's that's been seen in quite a while. Even in those great playoff runs, like in 2016, where we had a great supporter shield run, 
the end of the season, despite the circumstances that we know what happened in 2016, the end of the season was on shaky ground. At least so far, we still have four games, and these four games are crucial as to whether the, the team hits form and goes into the playoffs running. But so far, they've done a really good job of just placing themselves ahead of the rest of the pack mentally, and that's really important when it comes to the playoffs. Well, and I want to add to that and say that I think we're seeing this team is peaking. And this is something that, that like Ishmael says, we're not used to seeing. But, I mean, go back 10 games, and in the last 10 games, Dallas has won five games, drawn three, and only lost two. I mean, that's sensational form heading into the playoffs. They've, they're still holding on to the three spot, which I think a lot of people were assuming they would have dropped off a long time ago. And and mind you, in their last four games, they have not one but two statement wins. The win against the East Leading Union in Dallas and now the win on the road against Minnesota. And, and I mean, take a look around. We're not no longer talking fringe playoff team. We're... We're getting to the point where if uh, this upcoming weekend Dallas can can pull three points against LAFC, we're talking contender. We're not talking, uh, uh, please just give us a home game. We're talking, hey, this team is beating teams it needs to beat to show that they are a real threat. Maybe maybe not a title contender, but they're a team that's going to knock out teams in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that, that Nashville result is one that we, we kind of got deflated on, even though it was at, it was like three games in, you know, eight days or whatever. Uh, but look at the tier, tier, tier Nashville's been on, you know, like they've just been crushing teams. So it was a little bit of timing there. I, I, I... Oh, meet Nashville. Yeah, you, yep. you were muted there, Tom. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but just, I mean, I, I yeah. mean, we all know that that Nashville, that the Nashville game, the team wasn't 100. percent So mm-hmm. it's not like uh, I don't think it's a true reflection of the team. Uh, sure. But it is a reflection on the team's lack of depth, which, which we are all aware of. But let's face it, the the starting eleven for this team are are starting to show that they can beat anybody else's starting eleven, and and seeing a, a some a. Safari come in and, and start and give you a meaningful start in a meaningful game. It's mm-hmm. gotta get it's gotta get everybody's hopes up to say, hey, yeah. we're 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 not the deepest team, but we're not necessarily shallow. There are a couple of players that can give us quality minutes off the bench. We can't go too mm-hmm. far into our bench full rotation wise, but two or three players, yeah, there's there's we're there's two there's three or four players that can come in and give us solid, significant minutes without too much of a drop off. Yeah, it's great to see. Can you hear me? Oh, just make sure. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, uh, I agree with you. Tafari playing and you know coming in for Matt Hedges is big. I mean, the guy has got athleticism. It's just uh, you know getting experience and the games under his belt, and then you know I think that's that's all that's needed. But he came in and played very well, and I was I was just saying I think Nashville is probably the team to beat because you know they are a good team. They haven't been playing well, but they're hot right now, and in the playoffs you don't want to. Hit the hot teams. Well, I guess you want to beat the best to be the best, but but I you know I think they're the ones that are hot right now. But I think that that's good for Dallas that Nashville is hot because 
with Dallas and Nashville both being hot, it increases the odds that the, it, it decreases the odds that they'll run into each other in the playoffs early. So, so I have no problem with Nashville being hot and Dallas being hot because, like I said, they're likely not gonna meet each other in the first round. Uh, in, in their first yeah. round match, or at least at home. And, and it, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think it's great that they're they're the Nashville is hot and they're probably going to be opposite on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, to address Heath's comments when he says that Minnesota played better against FC Dallas than they they did against Houston, I think it goes without saying that teams play better against better teams and they don't play as good against worse teams. So I think that that's kind of how you read that. That sounds like like he's got a problem getting his his club motivated because, you know, that's that's a very strange comment for him to make. (laughs) So Ishmael was laughing a bit during those those comments, but – Good stuff. I watched that live. I watched that live. Heath is, if it weren't for Vermees and uh, the coach out in Portland, Heath would be among the league's biggest crybabies. It was it, like Heath was one of those coaches early on in his career where his team would win like a big game and he'd complain that MLS wouldn't be talking about them. It's right. he's, he's that kind of coach that has that kind of mindset. I just, he, he's just, he makes so many excuses. It's quite funny. Uh, I want to say something uh, on Saturday. I had I had a music event to go play, so I think I was trying to watch as much as I could of the game because it had to be there at like five o'clock, right? So I had to leave around four thirty. When I left, the game was zero zero, like fifty second minute. I get in my car, you know, I go change, you get in my car, and I'm on the road. I put the game on on the radio, listen to it. It was three to zero. I was like, what? <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh my god. I have, so I have similar maybe next time if we need to go, I'll just go go for a ride and That's help right. FC Dallas. That's right. I had a similar experience because I was actually listening to to the game in my car because I had to pick up groceries, and around the 50, 50 second minute is when I pulled into my driveway, unloaded my groceries, ran in, turned on the TV, and it was three zero, and I was like. What the hell is this? Is this? I had to, I had to <laughs> log on online and verify that the, score, that the score was accurate, and I wasn't like watching some aberration, some 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 typo or something. They're like, no, you you. Blew I was on the highway. I, I actually, I pulled over. I got off the side of the road. I said, I gotta see what's going on here. I actually got off the highway, pulled into a parking lot, and, and then got it and got back on the road. Unreal. Yeah, yeah unreal. I mean, and it just. Yeah, it was just it was joy as an FC Dallas fan to watch them just put the game away. Uh, you know, it's been a while I think since we've had an own goal go in our favor. So and good a red stuff. card, yeah, and a red card. So it was just a it was a good um, good thing. But I, I wanted to say to Ishmael that you know I think this was one of Tomasi's best games um, at right back. I think he's you know he's had his ups and downs this season. He's had his learning. And, and growing issues and some of that I don't know that it's all on him it's just a matter of the team you know continuing to figure itself out and figure out how to but you know how, how to gel but to see Tomasi show his strength and uh, make some really crucial runs we've seen that from Farfan I just hope we see more of it down the stretch because if, if so then teams won't be able to target his side like we have seen them do over and over again thinking he's the weak weak link on this roster so it's really exciting if he can start to generate some some attacks some danger dangerous runs 
it just bodes really well for FC Dallas being able to, yeah. to, I to think, make things happen. I think the main the main issue is that um, right back has a, has been a position of strength for a while now. Um, people had their issues with Granup, but I thought he was a very solid MLS player. You had Reggie Cannon, who just blew up, and Reynolds, who blew up even more. And I think a lot of people were disappointed in Mundoma early on, so Tumasi looked better in comparison. But when they, when, when the expectations started to fall on him, it, it was a lot of negativity that I think throughout this season he's dispelled. I think there have been moments of weakness, but truly I think he has been one of the best defensive right backs in the league. And that's not something that's seen common anymore. And then he's also elevated his his attacking his attacking play. Like everyone else, he was bad in the Nashville game, but he he played well against Minnesota, RSL, Philadelphia, San Jose. He's been consistent. He's been he's allowed himself, especially later on in the season, to go forward um, and not just sit back and. And just defend, which he was good at, but that ca- it caused issues that that attacking side, especially when Obreon played, it caused issues on that right side because there was just not enough um, attacking danger from that side. And but now he's allowed himself to push forward. Um, he he doesn't lose the ball. I feel like that's not talked about because players just lose the ball sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to find a clip where he loses the ball. Or Either he's, from or he's it, lodged it, off. Or he's lodged I agree off. with you. Yeah. He it's just doesn't player, lose yes. the ball. You give it's, him a chance. Yeah, yeah, like, he's on. strong. Yeah. Even early on when he started to play a lot for FC Dallas, like that Portland playoff game is something that's like um, in my memory because in those 15 minutes, he just, he, he just shouldered people and they fall over. And I think that um, Tumasi still has – room to grow, but he has the potential to just become an MLS lifer and do it until he's like 33, 34. And I think we're lucky, especially considering the weights that we put on Nanu early on into the season about how he had these expectations. Yeah. All right. Well, well one could argue that... Out. I just want to say Good. that, oh, that I know, I know we, we want players to be MLS lifers, but I don't think it has the same connotation as it did in the past. I mean, MLS has improved, and today's MLS MLS lifers are certainly playing at a higher level than 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 MLS lifers from say five, seven, eight years ago. You know, I think the quality of the league has gone up incrementally, and and if you can find a player that that is a MLS lifer, I mean, you're still getting a good quality player, um, and. I don't know. I, I think I think we've seen Tomasi grow and improve and continue to prove uh, game in, game out, just like we've seen from a lot of other players on the team. And it's gotten to the point where take a look at the starting line from this this past weekend. And obviously, other than Tafari, who who's in for Matt Hedges, but if any of those players are not starting, you know, a match, you know that's when you go, wow, I can't believe that guy's not starting because every our starting lineup is pretty much set, you know. Those are the guys that I expect to see. Uh, of course, with Tafari coming in for Martinez or Hedges, if one of them's injured. 
but other than that, man, I mean, that's I think that's our starting lineup going forward, and 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 I want to see that continue, and I want to see the team basically stick to you know stick to that group and and no more fiddling, you know. Let's let's get everybody on the same page and get get this well oiled machine running full steam ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Tomasi's had a really good year. I don't recall any time that he was beaten badly for a goal or gave away a bad pass. I think his defense has been pretty good all year. He just hasn't gone up like Gren- Granada, I'm not saying his name right, in, in the past, or Reggie Cannon or Brian Reynolds. He hasn't given into the box <laughs> like those guys, right? But the game, I, but this this Saturday, the goal, first goal, all because of Tomasi's pass to Arioli. He started the whole thing on Saturday. So I ahead. just wanted to add that you guys have now mentioned Granada twice Grana, Grana, and, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. i remember i tell you what i remember from Grana is that he loved to take chances he loved to do those 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 uh those tackles from out of nowhere and it kind of his it's kind of funny you guys brought him up because uh Kinyon reminded reminded me of Grana when he first arrived with some of his uh strange tackle attempts because uh, that's exactly it, who it, reminded me of it's mls all-star Hernan Grana. <laughs> yes, well, true. This is true, but I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm just saying I remember. I remember that he loved to take chances. He loved to take chances on defense, and and you know it endeared him to some people, and to other people they were like, "My guy, what's he doing?" I'm just saying that's what I remember distinctly about him was was he that guy was fearless. He would he would he would make so many uh, uh, sliding tackle attempts more so than I recall uh, any hmm. other player. Uh, at right back doing well one thing i remember about grana is going to a game and we had no other attacker and we had no midfield to go attack and the whole game was passed to grana grana would go down the line and it was just like pitch and catch between him and someone other i can't remember who else what was he was going to but it was just the grana game the whole time and <laughs> how times have changed now right because we got left and we got right and mid and, and we had the top shows, covered and i just think it shows that that honestly tuomasi is just basically uh I think Dallas has a strong tradition of having strong right backs. And Tomasi is starting to show that he belongs as part of the continuation. Dallas produces strong right backs for this league. And and it's good to see Tomasi showing that, hey, I'm just the next up for Dallas. I'm the next uh, good right back to come out from Dallas. He's different than Brian Reynolds. Yeah. He's different than Reggie Cannon, but he's good in his own way yep. with the strength. And meanwhile, Brian Reynolds is starting at left back um, somewhere in Europe uh, anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I, Honestly, I, I, I don't have a problem with that because people forget that he started at left back a couple of games in Italy. So it's not – I don't think it's the big deal that people are trying to make. Uh, as far as – as long as he's getting starts, that's all that really matters for him. And uh, I, I do think he started at left back, but I'm fairly sure he finished the game at right back. So I don't think it's a big deal. I I, I don't have a problem with him. Hey, uh, left back tends to be a weakness for the U.S. men's national team. So Reynolds catching on at left back wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're grateful everybody watching tonight. If you have any questions, comments about any reactions to the Minnesota game, Post them in the Facebook comments, YouTube comments. We'll uh, certainly include them and help shape the show here as we go forward. So uh, this weekend, uh, FC Dallas continues that playoff uh, march with welcoming Los Angeles FC to Frisco. A crucial, crucial match. 
I, I, I mean, I hate to say it's like the match of the season or whatever but like that, but, um, it, you know, I think just any points that FC Dallas can get from here on out, uh, obviously you want the full three points at home, but points are points, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of chaos over these next few games with the, with the teams below them just scrabbling and fighting and put pushing, putting everything on the line for, you know, to make things happen. Uh, so it'll be an interesting and fun match to watch. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we were a little nervous about Los Angeles FC a few weeks ago. They've had this dip in form. They are very beatable. They are a very talented squad. But uh, just what's your confidence level going into Saturday, guys? What's your confidence level? Tommy, what's your confidence level? I expect a competitive game. I'm, I'm going to say this time we're going to go and be competitive. I think that, you know, they put we put on our pants just like them. Uh, even though they do have some high-profile signings who are kind of old in age, but upper in age, but this team has shown that they can score goals. They can, you know, don't, the, the only concern I have with this team going forward is maybe just the speed, the pace of our center backs. It's, you know, with Hedges being out, that was kind of mitigated with, with um, Tafari being in, but Tafari does some things maybe that Hedges doesn't. But um, that's my only concern is the center backs going forward. I think that... Uh, if they can score goals like they did against Minnesota, they can play against anybody. If they if they don't score the goals like they have done in the past, then then we're going to go down to one one games at the end in, in very dramatic fashion. But if they can get the goals, they can play with anyone. Jose, so I'm feeling pretty confident. And simply, uh, I want to point out that that if you take both of the summer signings uh, approaches that that LAFC and FC Dallas took uh, this summer. You're seeing the difference. FC Dallas went out and got just one guy, and they kept telling us, hey, we're just going to bring, you know, we're looking for a guy that's that come in, and we thought they were full of it. And they stuck to their guns, and they brought in one guy. And that guy slots right in to start, and he's been gelling with the team uh, since he arrived. But now LAFC, they went out, and they got six guys some significant names and there is such a thing as just making too many changes at midseason and just messing up your team chemistry and i think that's what we're seeing from lafc yes they're talented they're gonna they're gonna have way more talent than anybody else but they really 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 did themselves a disservice by simply making way too many changes and now their problem is they're a talented team but can they gel in time for the playoffs and we're starting to see them struggle and I think that has a lot to do with it. Is you can have all the talent in the world, but if they're not all on the same page, then a team that you play that is on, on the on the on that who's all on the same page, they may have less talent, but they're going to get you in the little in the little places that you're you're basically faltering at communication, uh, all that. You know, I think I think the team that we're facing this this coming weekend, it's not the well old machine that FC Dallas faced before. And I think I think it's the opposite. I think Dallas is the team that's basically playing like a real old machine. And and yeah, I'm I I believe FC Dallas is going to get three. Uh, I would be disappointed if they have to settle for a draw like they did against RSL. But it's LAFC, so so it's not like uh, I'd be too upset about it. I'd still be upset about it because I think LAFC hasn't gelled yet, and they're there for the picking. I hope I, I certainly hope that FC Dallas can score more than one goal and put these guys away early. 
Ishmael? Yeah, I mean, I think the... I think the shock towards how LAFC is playing is uh, a disservice to how 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 like how difficult their run has been. There are three zero and three in these last six games. It's not a great record, but I'm gonna be honest. Most of the teams uh, fighting for a playoff spot right now would take that record, right? So uh, I think it the the shake in the in the in the locker room has been real, but I also think that I mean every single one of those players has a circumstance that's made it difficult, right? They don't want to throw in Chiellini in every game because this is MLS. It's not Italy. It's hard travel. Um, Blanca, I think, just made his first start, um, or maybe it's even his first appearance. Uh, it's. It, it, it is somewhat of a disservice to them, I think, to just be like they're in, like, in shambles. I think they're they're going into the, into the playoffs full force. Um, I think their schedule is quite difficult. So th- this is a basically for them an early playoff test, right? Because they're playing four playoff teams, four teams that want to make the playoffs that are in their conference. And I think that gives them an advantage in the way that, in, in the way that they're basically preparing for the teams that they're going to have to play against. So this is one of FC Dallas's last playoff teams that they're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after this, it's San Jose, Colorado, and Sporting Kansas City. This game is more important for Dallas, I think, than it is for LAFC. Because... Mm-hmm. It, it's possible that we go into those three games and just completely bottle them. It would be very disappointing if that's what happens, but that is possible. Um, but this is truly the final test. This is the final test for this team to see how are they going to do against playoff opposition. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. I honestly I honestly don't know what, would, what will happen. It, it should be interesting. Mm. I mean, I agree with that because I think my – if, if there's one thing we know about LAFC is, is you know, that they have the talent and the quality uh, to do unexpected things. And so you can you can lock them down, but then a Gareth Bale can, can make some kind of crazy run and play uh, that, you know, that he's capable of doing and uh, and get a goal. And, and you, you know, your players did everything right um, – with most players, most other opponents, you would lock them down. But, you know, when you play with some guys who have some quality and, you know, some world-class quality experience, it can be tough. So, yeah, I don't know what to expect either, but I but I, um, I, I agree with you, Ishmael. I think this is going to be a big test for FC Dallas. But I'm expecting FC Dallas to show up like they did against Philadelphia Union and, and to, make, to, to really make this a tough match for LAFC and make LAFC play on their terms. And and if they get that goal early, just to lock them down, lock them down, and 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 take the three points and move on. So um, it's going to be an exciting match to watch. And yeah, yeah, I agree with you. In in the past, we, you know, FC Dallas has had signed older players who are at the end of their career, and that's kind of what LAFC has done, right? They've got some old players, that big names, kind of at the end of their career. But FC Dallas is a young team. And I think the young team is 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 the way to go. 
good players who are young uh, coming. So I'm excited about that. It makes it more exciting. All right. Well, let's hit a couple other quick topics before we close out the show tonight. Um, one uh, is that North Texas uh, uh, also uh, defeated Minnesota United FC 2 uh, last Saturday evening. It was a good match. A goal from Bernard Camungo and a goal from Isaiah Parker. Two FC Dallas on, guys. On an assist by Bernard Camungo. Right. So excellent, excellent stuff, and great to see that team rebound. And, and I think they clinched officially a playoff spot with that victory. No? No. No, they oh, no. eliminated Minnesota United. Okay. Uh, they're, so San Jose is playing right now, and San Jose needs three points. Or, or they'll be officially eliminated, and North Texas will clinch. So San Jose is playing right now against a very tough Vancouver team. And as long as that game finishes in a draw, it doesn't matter that North Texas clinches. But, I mean, honestly, they've all but clinched. It's, it's, we're just waiting basically for San Jose to peter out. Yeah, and I'm like, Sporting Kansas City 2 is up 5 nothing against Colorado. So, okay, my God, that's some some MLS <laughs> Next Pro Soccer for you after the after we close up the pod. Uh, but I'm just really excited about Kamungo, and I'm excited to see Parker – as well with the clutch goal. I mean, just what you want to see. You want to see these guys grow in confidence, get this experience, and and then carry that into whatever's next, and then and hopefully into the off season for FC Dallas as well. You know. And mind you, Parker. Him with... Yeah, I was going to say Parker's starting to look like a man, a man among boys out there, and and I think he's starting to show you that he's outgrowing MLS next. So. I'd be shocked if if he's not with us in the senior roster next next season, because uh, like I said, he's 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 show he's showing now that he's too good for that league now, and that's that's and what we was, like. To yeah, he's a first round pick, right? Uh, do you think we'll see the new signing between now and the end of the year? Will we maybe late mop up minutes? I, it's while it's a possibility, I think if there was an injury if or something. Down. I, I think Kamungo, I think he's going to stay out this playoff run um, and gain mm. experience from that and stay with the team uh, because that's just crucial. I think it's just crucial experience. Uh, but, you know, it's, you never know. Well, let me ask you this. If we're, if we're down and needing a goal and you got O'Brien on the bench or you have Kamungo, who, who are you guys choosing? <laughs> well, I think the main thing with this is uh, unless next pro's playoffs and – quite early, right? Because their their season ends, the regular season ends on the 18th. And then after that, it's playoffs. So um, after that, after playoffs, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he would. And it would be, it would be shocking to see Nico do it because we know how much Nico likes to stick to his guns. But in playoff times, everything's uncertain. If there's an injury to like two backup wingers, and in, in training, which is entirely possible, if Obreon and El Medicar both drop out, and it's like a quarterfinals, which is past, I think, when the MLS Next Pro playoffs are going to be done, it wouldn't be shocking to see Kamungo uh, join because I think once the playoffs are done um, for MLS Next Pro, whether or not he joins the first team in the playoffs, he's going to be trained with the first team. Like they won't sure. be training him with North Texas SC. That would be weird. By the way, San Jose up is San Jose is up one nothing against Vancouver. 
I wanted to say, um, this was, I think, Carl Sanchez's first start. He looked pretty good. I think the, the um, Minnesota did have control over most of the game, but Sanchez looked pretty good. It, it's going to be interesting whether um, to see whether or not North Texas SC either like signs him or extends the loan. Because, again, his signing is, is a weird one that they've made at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was to replace Waldeck, but they could have just stuck to their guns and just stayed with the academy midfields because Waldeck wasn't starting anyway. Um, but Sanchez looked pretty good, I think. Yeah, and I think his addition, while it does look a little weird at the same time, we'll find out in the next two weeks if it's how good of an addition he is because next two weeks uh, North Texas plays St. Louis mm. and Houston. That's their last two games, and, and uh, we'll get a better idea if he was the right addition because that's why they brought him in. They needed to solidify their 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 midfield right before the playoffs because uh, the the team has blown some leads some games that they've, they've dropped some points in some games that they sh- that they should have held on for a win uh i colorado did it last uh, last time i recall at the death and and i am very happy that that ka you know identified that that hey that's a weakness we need to we need to uh, solidify that defense and and like I said, we'll find out in the next two weeks if, if he's the right addition. He he looks solid. Uh, I certainly I certainly did think he he looked intimidating in the center, and that's something that this team has lacked all season. In honesty, we have not had uh, a defensive mid that commanded some respect out there. We've had some young players that hustled, uh, but they're playing grown against grown men and getting muscled around. Uh, He's he's a big guy and, and he looks he looks like a solid addition so far. Yeah, By think, the way, clean think, sweep of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that, uh, FC Dallas fans should be looking for in these playoffs is, um, in comparison with the rest of the season, these games are the ones that the FC Dallas technical staff is going to be looking to make decisions. Right? It's not going to be hey, I'm going to sign Norris now because he played great, but it will be. Hey, is Hope going to be invited to training camp? Is Norris? Are we going to bring back on the Dume on loan for North Texas SC? Is Smith going to be brought up and actually play a little bit with the first team? Is he going to be good enough to be a backup next year? Like these these decisions, which have been up in the air um, for the majority of the season, are now going to be answered for the technical staff of how this team does in the playoffs. Yeah. They don't need to win. I don't think they will win. Um, honestly, if St. Louis loses the playoffs and doesn't win the championship, it'd be insane. Um, but this is where they're going to make decisions, right? This is this is this is crunch time for a lot of these players and their contracts, especially since a lot of these are just one-year contracts. Well, let's let's close out the show with one more little nugget um and that is um uh that our our beloved uh i say beloved but our our hated uh rivalry down south uh houston dynamo they fired their head coach paulo nagamura today less than one year in the job i think he was hired january 3rd and he is out september 5th as that team has cratered into oblivion um and if if there were relegation candidates they would be they would be among those in conversations about that. Um, 
you know, uh, I don't want to rub it in our Houston, our Houston. Yeah, we neighbors. do. Okay. <laughs> Just but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, what are y'all thoughts about that? I mean, to me is, and I understand if the team's playing poorly and maybe Paulo was in over his head, but, uh, it, it's just tough to give a guy less than a year to try to do something. Uh, not even, you know, just two, or probably not even two full transfer windows to adjust the team to get how his vision is. So it just seems a little harsh. But on the other hand, they have new ownership as well. And, uh, you know, my gut is they're going to try to go for some kind of bigger name splash uh, who could handle the uh, some of the names on the roster. You know? Oh, so... Yeah, the main thing with this is this is officially Siegel's team. The owner bought out all the stakes for Houston a couple weeks ago. So this is now his team. So although it is stupid in retrospect to fire a first-year head coach in his first year while knowing this was a project, that's stupid in and of itself. Um, If Siegel has a plan with Pat Onstad – you know, fine, whatever. I don't, who cares? If they don't have a plan, this is stupid. This is extremely stupid. Especially since Nagamura showed that he actually does love this team. And they, 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 he, he has shown like some interest, like, like some love for the city. It's his first year as a head coach for a professional side. This is like if Lucci had missed the playoffs the first year and they're just like, you know what? You're done. It's yeah. Th- these first-year head coaches are not gonna get you into the playoffs most of the time. Like Alucci was like shocking. We, we were like in awe that he did it in his first year. It it generally does not happen. All right. So the fact that they fired him, if they don't have a plan, if they don't go for like if they don't have like someone on the back end. It this is. The, the the rebirth of Houston is going to be atrocious. And I'm all here for it, honestly. <laughs> well, I like that they made him the interim manager because uh, this is a guy that has cut his teeth in the, uh, you know, at the lower levels. He coached uh, Houston Dynamo U23 team, and they were quite successful at that level. Then when they started Dynamo 2 uh, for a team that, you know, didn't play D3 or, or, or D2 league before. He brought a lot of those guys from his U23 team, and, and basically it's his team he built, you know, strengthened it, and they've been one of the best teams in MLS Next Pro. And that's just showing that, that he's at least, I mean, an organized person who has a style that, that he prefers to play. And, I mean, I'm, I, I think it's the right move for them as an interim manager uh, as opposed to having named one of the other assistants because they fired all the assistants. You know, right. they fired everybody. They just fired the manager. They fired the manager and his assistants. And so uh, to see to see the Houston Dynamo guy uh, manager get moved up, I think that's good for Houston. I, I, I don't think he'll get the job unless Houston makes some kind of, you know, even if they make a run here the last couple of games, this is going to be meaningless. I think it's I, – I would like to see them – we all know they're going to bring in a, a bigger name manager. That's what that's going to happen. A new coach is going a – new, a new owner is going to basically want to make a splash addition. But if they're wise, they, they should definitely find an assistant job for this guy 
with uh, Houston Dynamo because he's definitely an up-and-coming uh, uh, coach within the league. Yeah. Bundy, and Bundy you need just to feels like, yeah, Bundy just feels like a higher like Cavello just to give them uh, time in the spotlight just to see how they do. I don't think their plan is to keep him on. And if they are going for like a big name coach, it would be very weird if they're just like, hey, you, guy I don't know, join my training staff. <laughs> if, exactly. if, if they're going for a big name, they're going to want influence. Exactly, but Dallas has done that. I mean, Dallas has certain yeah. coaches that they've kept even though they brought in new managers. And I'm just saying that's what they should do for this guy. Uh, they should find a spot for him with the first team. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it should be pointed out that Houston Dynamo 2 is losing their manager just as the playoffs are about to hit. So you got to wonder if that's going to sidetrack them because they're going to have to name one of, the, one of their academy coaches to take over or one of the assistants. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that hurts them significantly uh, down the stretch. Uh, I don't have no problem with Houston being at the bottom. Yeah, no, none of us do really. But uh, interesting news. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, uh, I, I posted on the Athletic. I said to in that on the article in the comments. I said, you know, Houston should go after Oscar Pereja. You know, and someone already posted and said, Pereja hasn't won anything. <laughs> What is Houston? I, I think one of the up and come coaches is right here in Dallas for North Texas SC. Right. From what well, I've seen, I, I think yeah, that, don't, that guy don't, is. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't jinx it, man. Don't, don't put don't that on me, Bobby G. Frankly, if, if, if he <laughs> has. Actually, but uh, I think the more likely scenario is that he will one day replace Nico. It, potentially, but, you know, there's a lot of scenarios. But, yeah, I mean, if. Hopefully, if, if, if he actually gets approached for that job, that someone should get into the ear and be if, like, look, is this really Oscar the chance? Pareja, if Oscar Pereja becomes coach of Houston, no. that to me will piss me off, like, honestly. Especially with how, like, what a good position Orlando's in this year and with the signings they've made and, like, the, the amount of investment he's put into that team. If he's just like, you know what, I want to go to Houston – I'm going to be pissed off because no, no, that, right. that to me feels less of like, uh, I just want a job to uh, whatever. Let's, let's see what happens. And that's no, I doubt, I well, doubt that's going to happen. And like, and you, they're about to play in the open cup final right this week. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, well, yeah, it's very unlikely. I was just my little trolling. Yeah. Well, I wanted to change the subject. One thing I think we should discuss real quick is Pepe's getting loaned. Or got loaned, and I think that's great. Uh, I don't understand them buying him for twenty million and not playing him. Um, there's a big miss there. Uh, so, but I'm happy for Pepe. I'm a little disappointed because you know I, I won on Twitter an Augsburg jersey. I had a drawing and just retweet, and I won the jersey. I said put eighteen and put Pepe on there, and I'm wearing the Augsburg shirt that I won this for. <laughs> and now, he, now he's no longer with the club. He's loaned. And now I did. Understand there's no buy option, so I think he will return to Augsburg probably, right? Yeah, honestly, honestly, price aside, the fact that they, you know, they pay too much for him, this is the right move. This is when you, when you sign yeah. when you sign a player that young, the right move is you should loan him out to to uh, a team that's going to need him. By the way, uh, Groningen pretty much got rid of all their sports, so. Pepe is like their one true forward, so so they definitely they 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 definitely Augsburg sent him there. They must have gotten some guarantees that say, hey, how do we know 
that he's going to get minutes. And they're like, we'll just clear the slate. <laughs> and, and so he's our guy. And, and that's, that's a great situation going to a very, happy for uh, very forward friendly league. So uh, I, I'm so excited for that move. I will definitely catch some uh, Groningen games if I can uh, once, once he settles in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm of, I'm of the opinion that Pepe didn't get worse as a player. And, you know, watching the Augsburg games, I thought that that team is very lacking in, in team play and service. But, but my point is, is that everything yeah, we thought yeah. they were. Yeah. But my point is, is that if, if Pepe was still with the team, he'd still be the same player that he was. And, and maybe his fitness is not there because he's not playing. Does he deserve to go to, to the World Cup? I don't know. But I'll just say that he's still the same player that he was with when he was with us. I don't, you know, he, he didn't re- regress. He's just not getting the opportunities at well, Augsburg, right? So. Yeah, I actually want to go back to something that, that Ishmael said earlier when we were talking about North Texas and Amadoumi. I think if his asking price is not too high, I expect them to actually buy him. He is the one center back that has played the most for North Texas. He's got, I believe, 18 starts or so which is almost twice the next guy, which would be, I think, Bartlett. Bartlett has like 10 starts. So uh, for Loney, and, and he's young. So, I mean, I think uh, Nice, who's what, 23, 24 now, uh, I think he's gone next year. So so I, I would not be surprised if Amadoume is basically, like I said, as long as the Pacific asking price isn't too high. I wouldn't be shocked if they buy him and, and keep him on North Texas for another year. He's still 19, 20 years old, so he's still very much a, a prospect. Well, good. Well, let's leave it there tonight. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Of course, we'll be uploading the audio to wherever you find podcasts. You can get it on Apple Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify and Google. So, uh, Ishmael, Jose, Tom, thank you for oh, pleasure, joining us guys. tonight. This is a good one. Good one. And huge game this weekend. All right. Let's go FC Dallas. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys.